Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 27th of July. Freedom Day is looming for millions of Victorians with the state's lockdown set to be lifted at midnight tonight. Businesses will be allowed to reopen and students will return to face-to-face learning, but some tough restrictions will remain in place. The Premier is set to confirm the details later today and we'll have more details from our reporter in Melbourne shortly. Meantime, there is still no confirmation on when the lockdown will end for Greater Sydney as COVID cases continue to increase. Two more people died late yesterday from COVID, including a woman in her 80s at Pendle Hill and a man in his 80s at Campbelltown Hospital in the city's southwest. New South Wales yesterday recorded 145 new COVID cases. Concerningly, nearly half of those were in the community while infectious. There are currently 156 people in hospital in Greater Sydney battling COVID with 44 people in intensive care and 18 of whom require ventilation. It sparked an urgent call from leading medical authorities for everyone, especially in high-risk areas, to get vaccinated. AMA Vice President Chris Moy has told the project with the Delta variant now in the community, there's only one choice. We've had six, seven million AstraZeneca shots and unfortunately we have had six deaths, but we've had about two and a bit thousand cases of COVID and we've had eight deaths already, including somebody young. The message is we've just got to get vaccines in arms now and by hook or by crook in Sydney. Meantime, as calls grow for JobKeeper to be reintroduced, the Federal Treasurer has again defended the latest disaster payments. Here is Josh Frydenberg. The payments that we're rolling out, they're faster than what would have otherwise occurred under JobKeeper. The payment's being made in some 40 minutes or more. And also they're more targeted because they're based on the number of hours lost as opposed to the turnover reduction of the business that you work for. And celebrations are continuing for Australia's newest golden girl this morning. Ariane Titmus beating US superstar Katie Ledecky in the 400 metre freestyle at the Tokyo Games. It was the first Olympics for the 20-year-old. Her sensational performance had the entire nation on its feet, including her coach Dean Boxall, whose ecstatic reaction has gone viral. Here is Dean just moments after the historic win. We had a race plan and the funny thing is... (laughs) In this situation and under that amount of pressure, Arnie executed it to perfection. And so when I saw it starting to build, I thought, here we go. I thought, I thought, I thought that she, she could do this. Unbelievable to execute that under pressure. That audio thanks to Channel 7. And Arnie is set for another big race today in the pool and we'll have more details coming up shortly in sport. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we return to New South Wales and Premier Gladys Berejiklian says a plan will be put in place over the next few days to work out what Greater Sydney will look like beyond the 31st of July. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has the details from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, the so-called COVID roadmap for the state post-July 31 is due to be handed down in the coming days with crisis cabinet meeting to discuss options. Parents might be breathing a sigh of relief after hearing this one. Premier Gladys Berejiklian shooting down rumours students might not be back in the classroom until term four. I don't know where that speculation comes from. It's certainly not from the New South Wales government. We are considering all those issues this week and as soon as um, we have... 
uh, a response to what life will look like beyond July 31. We'll certainly make that clear. Meantime, in Victoria, millions of residents across the state are set to emerge from lockdown five. The five-kilometre travel limit will be scrapped, schools can return to -to face-to-face learning and hospitality, retailers and gyms will have the green light to reopen. But as James Lake reports from Melbourne, some restrictions will remain in place and this is being called lockdown light. That's probably a good name for it. We're not getting full freedoms back for a long time and the COVID restrictions in place will still be pretty tough, Tash. Venues reopening will be restricted with density limits of one person per four square metres with patron caps as well. Officers are able to open again, but staffing will be capped at 25% capacity or just 10 people, whichever is greater. We will be able to gather in public in groups of up to 10 and face masks will stay on both indoors and out. Finally, community sport is likely to return, but as for big games like the footy at the MCG, that doesn't look likely for some time. Now, for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. There's lots of debate circling at the moment, especially with calls for JobKeeper to be re-established. Some saying the current payment systems are not enough for people affected by the lockdowns. What do you think should be done to make sure people are financially okay at the moment? Yeah, good morning, Tash. There is a lot of debate about bringing back JobKeeper. But we've got to remember, look, it's kind of damn if you do or damn if you don't. There are pros and cons with both subsidies. And we seem to forget just how many of us complained even with JobKeeper as well. So going back to, to JobKeeper, it was hard to administer. It took so long to go out. And also, it didn't cover people on uh, visas. So I suspect a whole lot of people in the hospitality industry wouldn't have received that payment, whereby under the disaster uh, payment, they can. And the other thing is, um, it... it um, sometimes went into the wrong hands. So some businesses received it that were actually doing very well. Those that needed it didn't. And those businesses that had uh, multiple operations around Australia may have found that in some states where they were really hurting, because they were doing well in other states, they couldn't qualify for the payment. So look, I I guess it's no system is perfect. The important thing, it does get out. I think where the, the, the COVID payment, uh, COVID disaster payment fails is it doesn't take into consideration those on uh, other benefits or other income support. So that needs to be fixed and fixed fast. So if you're receiving some type of government payment, you might have worked a couple of hours to supplement it. You've lost that, but you can't qualify for that $600. And let's remember, this is equivalent to what JobKeeper was in the December quarter as well. Maybe let's look at giving some stimulus. Uh, last time we were actually giving some one-off payments to those that were on low incomes. Maybe we can look at that as well. Definitely scooping in those that are income support and not able to receive the disaster payment would be great. Um, and maybe upping it just a little bit slightly if we are going to be in this lockdown a lot longer than we you know, suspect it. But look, there are pros and cons to, 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 to both systems. Effie, most people we speak with find the system very confusing and difficult to navigate. What's your best advice to get the financial support if you need it through these payments? Yeah, if you're looking for that national payment, the disaster payment, you've lost your working hours, then get onto Services Australia. That's a pretty straightforward process and I believe payments are coming fast. Now, fortunately, in New South Wales, the business payments have just opened yesterday. That's up and running now. So you need to go to Services New South Wales for that. 
A little tip here, if you do not tick all the boxes, do not worry. They actually have a uh, concierge service where you can call them and run through this manually. So, for example, if you've just started your business this year or last year and you don't have those 2019 financials to show how much your income has dropped, they will still consider you. It's a manual process, but get on the, um, get on the website and, and see that concierge. Great tips. Thanks so much, Effie. Thanks. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, she is our golden girl. How good is Ariane Titmus? And she's back in the pool this morning with US superstar Katie Ledecky. Yes, it is looming. Good morning to you, Tash. That's right. She's back in the pool this morning in the semis of the 200-metre freestyle, of course. Uh, yesterday, that stunning performance to dethrone the five-time Olympic champion in the final of the 400 free. Uh, she stalked her down and uh, got her in the end. It was an unbelievable swim. And former Olympic champ uh, Libby Trickett says that Arnie showed nerves of steel. As soon as she dove in the water, I just had this confidence in her because Katie definitely tried to go out hard and tried to hold on because that's something that she's really well known for. But Arnie just did such a beautiful job. It was incredible. And to not only win gold, but to do it in a personal best time, it's an unbelievable achievement. So she's uh, considered one of the favourites for the 200 free. She's still got uh, a relay coming up as well. So two more chances to win gold. World record holder Kaylee McEwen is chasing her first Olympic medal in the 100-metre backstroke final this morning. She's qualified third fastest, joined by fellow Aussie Emily Seabold. Mitch Larkin is in the final of the men's. We've got three Aussies in the women's triathlon final. Ashley Gent competing at her second games. In the surfing today, Sally Fitzgibbon and Owen Wright are both into the corners. They've got a really busy day. Uh, the quarters, semis and the final will be crammed into today's schedule. Uh, tomorrow's surfing schedule has been scrapped. There's a tropical storm that's approaching Japan. And Jessica Fox will chase an elusive gold medal. Of course, she's got a silver and a bronze already in uh, in her collection in the semis and final of uh, the canoe event, both on later this afternoon. Yeah, Arnie was fantastic. And go the Aussies for today to the AFL now, Britain. It's made some big changes to the round 20 fixture. Yeah, and the biggest one is Carlton returning to prime time for the first time since round two. They're under a lot of pressure at the moment, especially their coach. They play the Saints on Friday night at Marvel Stadium. They're coming off a disappointing loss to the Kangaroos, and that does put a lot of extra pressure on coach David Teague. The Bombers and Swans were due to be played on Friday night. That's now shifted to Saturday. One of the star attractions, though, Buddy Franklin looks like he won't be playing. He was given a one-week ban for striking. And to the NRL, Brett, Nathan Cleary is set to ramp up his efforts to return for the Panthers' blockbuster against the Storm this weekend. Yeah, he's still dealing with that uh, shoulder injury. Is considered a long shot, but will or is expected to resume contact training uh, this morning out at Penrith. Kurt Capewell says they're working overtime this week to get their defensive structures right. They face the Storm on Saturday night. Over the last... Two years since I've been at the club, you know, defence has definitely been a, a priority for us. And unfortunately, last couple of weeks, we've missed a mark on that. But, yeah, we're doing everything we can uh, to, to get better each day. And Roger Tuovasa-Shek has played his last NRL game. Uh, the Warriors superstar leaving for New Zealand on Thursday to beat the border closure. He's switching codes in an attempt to make the All Black squad. If anyone can do it, someone with the talent of Tuovasa-Shek could definitely make it happen. Absolutely. So proud of the Aussies at the moment. Proud of you too. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Tash. 
and pop star Pink has offered to pay a fine issued to Norway's beach handball team after they wore bike shorts instead of bikini bottoms. The team was fined €150 per player after they broke athlete uniform regulations at the European Championships. Taking to Twitter, Pink called the rules sexist, saying she would happily pay the $2,400 fine. Well done. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day, stay safe, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.